welcome you to The Raw Roast, where we have real conversation about faith and life over a good cup of coffee. My name is Tucker Anderson. I'm one of the hosts of this podcast. I'm also one of the pastors here at Calvary Church, and I have on uh, a good friend and colleague, uh, Pastor Ben Tyvel, um, who's our engagement pastor here at Calvary. Uh, ben, it's good to have you back on the show. I know it's been, um, it's been a number of weeks since we've... Um, We've had the show, and it feels good to be back, and glad to have you on for this uh, this important topic today. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me back, Tucker. It's been a few weeks, maybe even a few months. Right? T- time goes time goes fast, pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, it is good to be back, though. You know, we're entering into this new sermon series, this message series, um, beginning this weekend on um, tough questions, and we actually did receive a, a few questions around this topic. Uh, of mental health and how to think about uh, mental health or mental illness from a biblical perspective. And I realize there's so much we're going to um, not be able to cover in just a short time of c- conversation today. But but I think it might be helpful for those who are listening um, to just think about what are some of the beginning places, the starting points for understanding this topic of mental health and mental illness from a biblical perspective. You know, you have a lot more experience and background in this area than I do. Um, where would you go, you know, biblically just to gain a foundation around this topic of mental health and mental illness? Yeah, this is a good a good question, Tucker. I, as I'm sitting here thinking about this, there's certainly a lot of there's a lot of different thoughts or directions that I think one could go. But I, I'm really actually kind of being pulled. Uh, back to uh, thinking about the the life and the, the the person of Jesus, right? Jesus is our perfect representation of uh, of who God is. I mean, Jesus is God, and I do think that when it comes to understanding mental health and that just that term in general, I think is important to uh, to define. Or you know, I, I think we all probably have a little bit of a different understanding uh, around that or, or have different thoughts that come to mind. And so I think, you know, an, an overall, uh, kind of our overall well-being and health when it comes to our, our thoughts and also our feelings and recognizing that, you know, thoughts and feeling are directly connected to our uh, our, our physical body as well. So our, our experience of in our physical body. So I, I think there is, and, and certainly then uh, we're also uh, spiritual beings. And so we've, we are in, in the truest sense, a, a holistic person. And so I think uh, when it comes to uh, our mental health, I mean, typically, again, we, th- we maybe think of physical health. That's a little more tangible. That's a little more easy to think about, you know, when, uh, you know, diet, exercise, those kinds of things, movement. When we think of mental health, uh, I think, again, we think of things like uh, feelings and kind of our uh, our thought life, what we believe about who God is, who we are, those kinds of things, and recognizing that that has a direct impact on then our our entire person and, and that experience. So, Back to your question of going to uh, the person of Jesus and seeing how it is that he, uh, how he operated in life and seeing that he really 
I believe uh, has shown us healthy rhythms as it pertains to mental health. And a few examples would be, I think his, uh, his attention that he paid to, uh, to connection and his need for connection first with his father, right. And then with uh, a, a smaller, uh, more intimate group of, of other men. And, uh, you know, within, within his 12 disciples, and then he had that larger group of disciples where he was uh, having, I mean, he had close proximity with, he was sharing life with, they were sharing burdens with one another. Uh, and then he was al- always interacting with uh, the crowds as well in different ways. So I think right away we see Jesus uh, modeling for us kind of this healthy rhythm of we need time alone with, with the Father. There needs to be a way that uh, as we take care of our mental health, that we have um, set aside time where we are praying and listening uh, for our Heavenly Father, spending time alone. And we also need uh, deep kind of intimate accountability relationships with people of the same gender and where we can live open, uh, open lives with them. And they, you know, and, and we can walk through life in that way. And then we also need continued relationship with, uh, with other people, both Christians and non-Christians. And so I think that you see that all throughout the gospels. You see uh, Jesus doing this. He breaks away from the crowds after spending all day ministering and healing. And he goes and he spends time with his heavenly father, right? Where then his disciples are left wondering, Jesus, where, like, where did you go? You know, things were just getting good. And then he would, he would respond with, um, again, setting up that example and that rhythm of, Hey, I was, I was spending time with my father, right? Of greatest importance. That's where I need to get rejuvenated. And then he, you know, would come back and connect with his disciples and, and the rest of the people. So I think that's a great place to begin. One of the questions that came in was specifically geared around, you know, why why doesn't God heal me from uh, my mental illness? Maybe we can spend a little bit of time unpacking that a little bit. How you know, you know, you, th- you think of you're sitting across the table counseling somebody, um, and they ask you that specific question: where do you, where do you where do you go? How do you respond? And um, how how can we think about that from a, a biblical standpoint? Yeah, another really good and and hard question right along with that is I think a close sibling of that question is you know why do bad things happen you know to to good people I mean just kind of this overall this overarching question of if God is good and he's for me then yes why why doesn't he heal me in in this specific way whatever that is and in this instance it's you know, my mental illness. And, I, you know, I think the answer, uh, it, the very honest answer, I think, to that person as I'm sitting across from them is, is I don't know. I, I don't know why he doesn't heal you in, in this moment. But I think part of, uh, part of the process, though, is to, is to uh, help, uh, help folks and ourselves try to move beyond just the question of why doesn't he heal me and what what kind of 
um, what is it that God might be doing through this process? So not in the sense of, oh, God, you know, God must want me to suffer and therefore, uh, you know, that, that is why I'm experiencing this, but more so recognizing the truth that if God works together uh, for good in all things, if, you know, if we hold to that truth that we read about in Romans, uh, then I think we're, we're left to, I would say, deal, deal with and be honest with how difficult uh, different illnesses can be, how, how hard life can be at times, and, um, and move towards, you know, again, I think asking God, what, what is it that you might be doing through this hardship? And I often go to the Psalms and different places within the Psalms that, that I think really do a good job of, um, showing us this side of God that, or this part of God that moves in and gets really close to people who are suffering. Uh, in Psalm 34, verse 18, specifically, I, I will often go there, but it says, the Lord is close to the broken heart, the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. So there's this sense of God actually moves in and uniquely gets close to people who are deeply struggling. So there's actually something about suffering and grief that actually gives us an experience of knowing and experiencing the father that we would not otherwise have. And so it's this tension of, of boy, I don't want to suffer and I don't, I don't have a desire for anyone else to suffer, but because there is suffering and none of us are given a pass on that, that, I mean, grief and loss and suffering are a part of this life, then I think we are, um, we are left to walk this journey, um, you know, looking for God in the midst of it. And I think, I do believe that in my own experience, and as I've walked this journey with others, there is a very real and tangible sense of God's closeness, you know, his, his compassion, like these words that we use to, you know, his empathy, like he, he is actually with us and with us differently, actually, in the way he provides uh, what we need in those times. And so again, that's, we don't always feel that though, right? There's, there's this experience though of sometimes when we struggle, there's, we're void of feeling or we're, we're uncertain of what we're feeling or you know, we don't necessarily, or we don't feel God, but, you know, the journey is, uh, I think being honest about those kinds of experiences with others and then allowing others really to, uh, to be, um, you know, to represent or to, to speak sort of truth to us, to be tangibly, you know, in a way, it'd be God to us, right? I mean, if Tucker, if Christ is in you, I come to you and I share my struggle, then a part of how I experience Christ is through you, through your presence, through, um, through your words. So again, it's, 
It often moves us into that place of deeper connection with one another, certainly deeper connection with God. One of my uh, favorite books on the just the general topic of suffering uh, is um, Tim Keller's book, Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. I found that to be a really helpful book. And in one of the places, one place in the book, he says, you know, when we, we have that question of why God, you know, why, why did I get this particular diagnosis? Why, why do I have this, this mental illness? Why, you know, fill in the blank? He says the cross shows us that we can, we can know the one answer that it's not. And this is, I, I'm not getting the quote exactly right here, but he says something to the extent of, we, we know that it's not because he's indifferent to our suffering. The fact that, that, that Jesus is God incarnate, um, that Jesus gives his life for us on the cross, shows us the great lengths um, that he went um, to show his, his deep love for us. And I think perhaps that answer, and this is what he argues in the book, the, knowing what the answer is not, that it's not because God's indifferent, can be enough perhaps to sustain us in those moments of um, the fogginess and the wondering, asking that why question. Yeah, that's good. It, it makes me uh, think of uh, Paul when he writes to the Corinthians in Second Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verse 3. He says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. And then it goes on to say, he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. I mean, that... That's right there. Is, yeah. I mean, it's what you just talked about is captured in in that, I feel like. Well, later on in that the same letter in Second Corinthians, this is the you know the famous passage in chapter twelve where Paul's pleading that this thorn in the flesh might yeah. be taken away, and yep. you know they, I think there's probably um, as many speculations as to what that was as there mm-hmm. have been people that have speculated. Um, but then you know the famous passage: "My grace is sufficient for you; my power is perfected in weakness." Verse nine. Yeah, and I think. If we can cling to understanding that, that God's present with us, that His grace alone is sufficient, um, that that's enough to sustain us, no matter yeah. what we face. Yeah, and that that is so true. And I, I, you know, I think part of what happens through suffering, if, as I've gone through my own and have walked through suffering with others, is that it. I, so, if if we pull back and we think about kind of the human condition, what is what is our natural inclination? And it is to, uh, it, it is to be self-sufficient. I mean, it is to be, it's to be pulled towards, uh, we're pulled towards control and be kind of essentially being our own God, right? That, Hey, I living from a place of I've, I've got this, I can do this. Uh, I, I don't need God, you know, kind of experience. And I think even for those of us that are in relationship with God, like that still is our, is our pull to that place. And the one, one of the things that for certain happens through suffering is that we are brought face to face with 
our deep need for God. That there's there's nothing like suffering that that moves us to a place of of not just considering surrender, but surrendering at a at a deeper level. And I can't, you know, we could probably talk all day about what that what does that mean or what does that actually look like. But surrender becomes really the uh, it, it is the path to to healing. I mean, it is the path to wholeness, right, in, in Christ. And so I think as we go throughout life and we, we drift back toward wanting to control, you know, wanting to do life on our own, I think suffering and, uh, and illness in different ways, you know, something like a mental illness, can is part of what naturally brings us back to God. It it is a it is a path back to recognizing our deep need for God and ultimately, um, you know, the satisfaction and the peace and all of what our heart really longs for certainly is found in God and so in turn is often found through that path of suffering and illness. What would you say, so you know, maybe someone who's listening to this, you know, wrestles with uh, a mental illness, what would be, um, what are some steps that they can take? You know, maybe, they, maybe they've already taken the, the necessary steps to, um, to, to seek out help, but what would be, uh, what would your counsel be to, uh, to someone who is maybe going through some struggles? Well, I think outside of, uh, you know, kind of the, maybe the more, not obvious, but the encouragement towards, uh, professional, you know, clinical help, you know, from trained professionals, people who have, have studied and trained and are experienced in dealing with, uh, mental illness, you know, at, at a, at a level that exceeds, something that, you know, my, my friend who's, who's not in that field or, or even a a pastor who does not have that kind of expertise or training cannot provide. So that certainly would be, I think we just need to keep saying that, like, you know, to sort of squash, work on squashing this stigma around mental illness and that, you know, the shame that can come around pursuing something like a therapist or, meeting with a psychiatrist to consider medication uh, and things like this. So I, I think that's an important place to start and just say, uh, for many people, that is the path that is, uh, that is most needed or, or is a, is a, it's a part of the answer for them. I think from, so in light of what we're talking about kind of here today, just I, I would say from the, from a biblical perspective or from the spiritual side, okay, what, what is it that we can be doing? I, I don't think it's real earth shattering. Honestly, I, I think it is, it's about, um, I think it's about community. So it's, I, I think it's about staying committed to relationship uh, with people who you can be completely honest with, without, without judgment. And I know that's easier said than done, right? I mean, that that seems like a simple kind of idea and, and answer, but we all know how difficult it actually can be to find that at times. So I would say in the times when when we're feeling 
you know, when we're feeling well, that we are setting up the rhythms in our life where we are nurturing those kinds of relationships so that when we do struggle in different ways, those are there and established and we're able to lean on those people who, uh, who carry a, a similar, um, who carry similar conviction and values. And we know that they will love us and speak truth to us and care for us in a way that w- would reflect um, how God cares for us and about us. So that's, I would say one of the, one of the main, one of the main things, and there's a lot that happens in that space uh, with, with others who um, are close and trusted. So. Yeah, we did a, we did a survey a few weeks ago uh, related to this topic of, of, of care ministry. And, you know, a subset of that is, is mental health. And um, we, uh, we got some really good feedback and some really good responses. And so we want to, we, we want to make this, um, uh, de-sti- we kind of we want to destigmatize this topic. I think you even used that word earlier uh, around mental health, mental illness, and and we want to make sure people have the resources to get the the help that um, that they need. And um, so I, I I would you know uh, just underscore what you said that you know if you need professional help to to make sure to 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 reach out to get that help. And either one of us would be certainly happy to. Yep. Um, refer to, mm-hmm. to, you know, to a professional. And, um, so we want to make those resources available. So we're working on a document that will be, you know, in the lobby and available for those, um, that would like to take one. Uh, and then we're also going to be piloting, a um, a group around training people on how to have this particular conversation around, uh, mental health, uh, just because it's such an important topic, um, in the church. Um, so those are two, you know, immediate things that have come out of this this survey that we conducted just a few weeks ago, and I'm excited about the direction of of those. I think even just those simple things can be um, can be a great help. So yeah, I um, agree. You know, we have other resources at at Calvary. You know, Stephen Ministry is is one that you know it's not specifically. Well, you you can speak to it. You know, since you're sure. you're a trained Stephen Minister, but uh, it could be a great first step. Um, I, I, w- I would I would think when it comes to fi- finding yeah. that community. Yeah, Stephen Ministry is a great first step, and they they are not trained therapists or counselors, but they they do go through significant training, and part of that training is to um, to be able to I- identify you know kind of signs of of mental health, right? And they have they have crisis intervention training and things like that, so. Uh, you know, it isn't, it isn't a, a, a space where we are going to send someone who needs professional help, but it can certainly be someone who provides, uh, you know, a, a place for uh, um, really quality Christian care yeah. uh, and, and relationship. And, ha- and they are equipped to be able to uh, then also help, you know, if, if I'm with a Stephen minister and I, and I begin to move into a place of where my mental health is declining or, you know, I'm, it, whatever I'm struggling with is shifting where I, I need more help. They are trained and equipped and resourced to, to help someone then find, you know, find that help. And so I think that actually is a great resource. And we have, 
some uh, truly amazing Stephen ministers at Calvary. I mean, these are, we always say, my, um, Pastor Mike and I, we always say these folks are the salt of the earth people. I mean, they are really wonderful people. So that can be another option if you're in a spot where you're needing someone to connect with and uh, and to su- support you through a difficult time. Well, I want to thank you for your time. This has been a, a good conversation. I've enjoyed the uh, I've enjoyed uh, the opportunity to talk about this. It's not an easy topic, uh, and I'm sure we didn't address uh, many questions that people still have. Um, but I know either one of us would be more than happy to have conversation um, with with people individually if if uh, if they'd like to connect. So we want to thank you as our listeners. If you have any questions about Calvary Church, you can reach out um, and connect with us. You can find our contact information at calvarychurch.us. We have services on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock and 1030 at both of our campuses, and all of that information, again, can be found on our website. We'd encourage you to drop us an email uh, and let us know about um, this episode today. If we have any topics that you would like us to address on future episodes, uh, we would encourage you to send us uh, your suggestions. We look forward to having you join us again next time.